0: We're going to get to the Word of God. Man, I am so excited that we missed that 10-inch snow that Chicago got. You know, I, 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 there's another reason to rejoice. At least you can rejoice in that. But God is good. God is good. And all the time, He is a good God. Amen. Uh, I know uh, this week, uh, uh, how many are excited about Thanksgiving at all? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Yeah it's it's a week that uh, I don't look at the scale after this week for a little while but God, but but anyway but it's good to be together and to enjoy family and more than anything really it, 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 we as believers we need to be reflective of the things that God has done for us now um second corinthians chapter 9 is our text today I'm going to read from verse 6 um, um all the way to down, down to verse uh, 11 um, um verse 6 says remember this Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, or that's not my Kenyan accent, out of necessity or pressure. For God loves that. Cheer- I was nervous because I want to pronounce that, and it probably will not sound the way it's supposed to sound. For God loves the cheerful giver. Everybody say God loves the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace, uh, uh, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go down to verse 10, he says, Now he who supply seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched. In every way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings life. And we ask in the name of Jesus as we hear the word today, let it bring life into our spirit, oh God. Places in our hearts, oh God, that need uh, uh uh, a, a, a surge of life uh, that would, will come alive because of your word. Anoint your word, anoint your servant, anoint our ears that we may not be just hearers of the word but uh, doers also in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, this morning we finished our series that we began uh, uh, three weeks ago about the seed principle. And th- this series really we can dwell on this because this, the, the seed principle is a principle in the Bible. You see it throughout the whole scripture from the Old to the New Testament. I said this last week. Uh, the Bible uses the analogy of seed and plants and, and, and the fruit of seeds and plants as analogies that relate to life literally every area of life, and it's a principle that is good to understand because whatever seed you plant, you are going to reap in the spiritual realm. It's a spiritual principle, and it's so important for us to to grasp this because whenever you're dishing our seeds, scattering seeds, you also should expect a harvest. Okay? And, uh, And spiritually speaking, the principle works just in the same way that it works in the natural you see many illustrations throughout the scripture that talk about planting seeds. Many biblical examples. Uh, Even when it relates to to our character development. The Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit, which kind of has to do with your character and what type of a person you are. And, uh, you know... God wants to, us to grow into the Spirit in, our, in, in, in character, so we are looking more and more like Jesus. That's who we want to look like. That's who we want to become like. The Bible uses the analogy of seed when it comes to witnessing and evangelizing. He says that uh, the, 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 the tree that does not bear fruit, it will be cut off. You know, so you, you, could, go, you could pick a, a topic or a subject, and you will see the Bible would have still the analogy of plants and seeds and multiplication. In the same text, God is the one who created the original seed. God is the one who supplies. We read there today that he who supplies seed to the sower, who does that? God is the one who supplies seed to the sower. And so we looked at a few areas. One, first week we talked about the word of God. Because this is where it really stops. Our life should be fashioned, our life should be centered, our life should be based upon the Word of God. How many know that opinions and trends and all those things change from time to time? Different cultures value different things. Some things that are very important to us in America are not so important in Mexico, in Kenya, or in the Middle East, you see? So even cultures will have different values. And things will change, but the one thing we can stand on for sure that has been tested through the ages is the word of God. For the word of God says is, uh, is 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 eternal. The word of God was there from the beginning. John chapter one says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And oftentimes uh, we wanna deviate. We wanna we think sometimes we are more uh, uh, we have more information. Our, our, our generation is an information generation. You could go on the internet and literally find anything you want to know. And and there are many, many opinions. There are many, many deviations of truth out there. But again, we have to center our lives upon the Word of God. Regardless of what changes in our lives. Because when you are grounded in the word, you're going to be able to stand. When everything is over, you're going to be able to continue to stand and continue to stand and continue to stand. You will be tested. You will be tried. But the man who and the woman who puts his trust in the word of the Lord, they can, they can hold on to the end. Amen? Because the word of God is valuable. Now Jesus talks about that. We looked at that scripture where, uh, where Jesus talks about how how we how we hear the word, what we do with the word, and how the, um, the expectation of the results that we are to get out of the word differs to the different fields that the seed of the word is planted. He talked about the people that hear the word of God, that immediately they hear it, they like what they're hearing, they're enthusiastic about it, they get, well, I, I love that, and they get all cheerful, and then the moment they leave the word, leaves them, okay, and, and, and what they heard, even though maybe they received it at first, it never really produces any kind of meaningful fruit in their lives, because, and, there's, and it goes on and gives the example of difference, I hear the word, and they are enthusiastic about it, and they like the word, but then life happens, they are, something happens in their lives, and they are discouraged, and they go out. And we are encouraged to be such that we hear the Word and we stand on the Word. Whether you are on the mountain top or in the valley below, the Word of God is still the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but His Word will always stand. And I tell you, my friends, if you bank your life on the Word of God, you will always win. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we want to do. And so when we, uh, the Word of God, so therefore is a seed. That you plant. And it says that when we plant the seeds in our lives, when we invest the Word of God in our lives, promises of God will begin to reap. That's the harvest that we get. You plant a seed, you get fruit. You plant the seed of the Word of God. You invest in the Word of God time and time again. The promises of God that are absolutely marvelous. There are so many promises for you and I that we never actualize all of them. They're all for us. And then we can reap the benefits of of, of the Word. Amen? The other area we looked at is as it relates to people. And I thought, um, you know, throughout life, uh, these two areas that I picked on, we could talk about anything. One, how we relate to people is so critical to enjoying life altogether, to being productive in life altogether. To actually have a good life, you have to relate well with people. Uh, it's funny when you meet people that complain. Oh, well, people are so unfriendly in this place. Oh, nobody's happy. It's like, Okay. So you think people are unfriendly. How friendly have you been to people? If you want friends, you'll be friendly to people. If you want people to give you kindness, you'll be kind to others. If you want people to extend grace to you, you'll be gracious with others. If you want people to support you, be supportive of others. For the very measure you use in giving towards others is the very measure that's going to come back to you. So you begin to invest in people, you begin to love people, you begin to, to encourage people, and the things that you do in relating to others will come back to you. Do you know the number one cause for, for strife in marriage? They found out it is selfishness. If you come in and, 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 and all you're thinking when you're wanting to get married or get a spouse, and all you're thinking is, what oh, that person will do for me. You're already going into that relationship with the, for the wrong reason. If you, if both, if a couple, both of them are going into giving, they're giving as a part. What I can do, what I can give into that, both of them will begin to reap the benefits of, of of the seeds that they are planting. You invest in your children, you invest in your spouse, you invest in the community, you invest in the body of Christ. If you're a member of the local church and all you do is complain, you will be an unhappy member. Try to begin to sow good seeds. Because the word, the principles, I guess, the principles are this. Whether you agree with it or not, the principles stand. You give, it will come back to you. And the principles work for the righteous and the unrighteous. See, so God has placed in motion this, how things are to work on the earth. Uh, they've done a lot of studies of people that are very wealthy, uh, that are not even uh, saved. And, uh, and many of them, one of the things that they do, they give, and they give a lot. They found that this principle works. Um, we were involved in Kenya with an orphanage that is uh, uh, reaching out kids, um, uh, in, uh, the children, the babies actually. My wife worked there after nursing school for a while, and um, that are that, that, uh, often through HIV. There was a time, especially in the 90s, it, was, it became a very big problem in Kenya. And we're involved in this uh, um, uh, rescue uh, orphanage that helps uh, babies, rescue babies that are orphaned, and then places them in families and all that. And they've done a marvelous uh, work there, saving many, many children, many, many children, and finding them good homes. Now, one of the people... That gave so much money. that kept, kept coming and giving so much. He was a businessman that was not even a Christian. He was a, he was a Sikh. He was a, a Hindu. But man, he saw what was happening, and he said, "Hey, we have a house. He'll, get, he'll give out really good house in great neighborhoods for the kids, you know. And he'll just keep giving and giving. He'll go do a business, come in and throw in some money. And a lot of Christians give, you know. So God blesses people that give, whether they are Christians or not, because it's a principle that he said in motion." that works. So so we talked about uh, the word, we've talked about the relationship, and today I want to concentrate a little bit about money, okay, material possessions, because sometimes we waste too much time, we spend too much emotional energy, too much worry about money. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 talked about, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about these things, uh, asking yourself, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? He talks about all the regular things of life that we think about. Boy, what bill do I have to pay tomorrow? He says, he didn't say don't think about that stuff. Don't plan for No, he said don't worry about this stuff. And then he goes on to say that um, the Gentiles all have their minds occupied after all these things. But you, my friend... You need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He says, your father in heaven already knows the things that you need. Even before you ask, he already knows the things that you need. And he says, you need to prioritize your life and focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Oftentimes, we know the truth, but we still get ourselves worried because we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know, and we allow ourselves to worry. And when you worry, it doesn't change a thing. It just makes you more miserable. So when you don't understand it, you look up, you do what you need to do, and you give thanks, and you prioritize your life, your time, your, on the kingdom of God. If you want something, you have to invest in your need. If you want interest in the bank, you gotta put some money in the bank, you'll get some interest. Well, these days they don't pay any interest, but they used to. Again, what is it that you want in your life? And money is an area that um, at times, especially in our generation, I think we are more obsessed with this stuff than we ought to be. And the Lord says we need to send our lives on the things of God and we not, need not to worry. But at the same time, we also need to realize that this is a principle that the Lord established from the very beginning on the earth. And when you give materially, you also reap materially. That is in the Bible. Okay. Here Paul talks about... Um, uh, How you, you know, we've talked about what you plant is what you reap. But here, Paul says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So we talked about what you plant is what you reap. But here, the scripture is saying also, how you sow determines how you reap. Not just what you sow, not just what you plant. He says, how you sow, that you gotta remember this truth. That if you're sowing, and you're, you know, I gotta do this because I must. Blessings will come to you, but they won't come so easy. They'll come in the same way that your seeds went down. So it's always interesting to see some people that are very happy. And they seem to be very generous to seem like they never worry. And, and one, one, one common denominator that i found, many people that I've known in my life, that I've seen them play out over the years, is that i found that many generous people, generally, are very happy people. Generous people always are happy, especially when they have a generosity of their heart. It's not like they're giving just to get, but they have allowed the spirit of generosity to take over their lives. Thank you very much for helping me with the right words. To take over their lives. <laughs> and it just flows. But they've come to know. Um, uh, <clears throat> one, of, one of the most generous people I ever met in my life would be my wife's grandfather, who was a mentor in my life, Pastor Paul Stern, who left. And I also observed his life, all the years. And I've, see, I've seen a, a lot of the stuff he's done for the kingdom of God. It's not on TV or anything. But boy, when we go to heaven, we'll be like, wow. We had a giant among us. Sometimes we didn't even know it. And it always, I always amazed me how, 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 how calm he always was. Sometimes he's too calm. You're like, man, grandma, grandpa, you know. He's just too calm. The Lord knows. The Lord will take care of it. The Lord, the Lord is in control. You know, one of his favorite phrases is to say, God keep good books. The, the Lord keeps good books. I've adopted that. I use that a lot. He keeps good books. You might do so much where you're not feeling appreciated. You sacrifice so much nobody recognizes and you're frustrated. You don't have to worry. The Lord keeps good books. The Lord keeps good books. He knows. They might never, you might never be appreciated for the sacrifices you make. Would you quit making sacrifices? And that's all sometimes we do. We allow other people's responses... To determine how we live, rather than living on the principles of the Word of God. We're such a result-driven society, if I don't see a change right now, if people don't appreciate the sacrifices I make, if they don't appreciate what I do, if they don't see what I do, I start changing how I live. I start changing my behavior. And the Lord says, it shouldn't be that way. We should live on the principles of the word of God. Even when it comes to this matter. If you give and give and give and you see nothing in return, do you stop giving just because you see nothing in return? No, because God keeps good books. And some of the results that you're going to see are not even for this life. That's why Jesus says. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Some seeds that we saw have eternal, are eternal in nature. When we invest in the kingdom of God, we're investing in things that are too big, too big for us to even imagine. You imagine you sow into the kingdom of God, like we are churches involved in giving all over the world. We work with other churches that are preaching the gospel, and getting in heaven, and finding a host of people that were introduced to the gospel just because a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, was faithful one that says, hey, we need your help. Help is coming. We have no idea how God uses the seed that we saw. So again, um, it's a principle. But uh, what, what, what God wants us to walk on is also our attitude towards giving. How we give. Are we, uh, do we, uh, second, second point, I'm trying to use points just to kind of help me center me and go shorter a little bit. Because we can stay here all day. Number two, he says, give, give us a result, uh, giving us a result of ple- uh, 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 pressure. He says, pleasure. But it's actually pressure, okay? So change that. Yeah, that's just a typo. Pressure corrupts your seed. It says uh, it says this. Um, oh boy, these notes. Do you guys have? Um, what I wanted to read there is that not not reluctantly or out of necessity. So I think the verse that goes. Oh, it's right. <laughs> my notes are off. I'm not gonna look at my notes. So <laughs> each one of you should give. What you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or out of, help me out, compulsion or out of necessity, out of pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, it's possible to give only because you feel obligated to give. I remember working in the corporate world and sometimes there'll be a drive to give towards a certain cause. And uh, I remember one time talking to a supervisor and having this conversation where they wanted me to tell my whole staff to give us a, everyone should give us at least a certain amount i said i 'm not going to have them do that i said well that 's the goal of the company we 're trying to 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 meet this goal because is there is going to be a match. i' like okay i 'm not going to make him do that." I said, "You do it, but i 'm not going to do that. I want them to give because they want to give, not because they feel like they have." to give and you see that it doesn't please the lord there's a type of offering that does not please the lord it says do not give out of pressure do not give out of an obligation to give okay and it says here's the kind of giver that god delights in here's a kind of giver that god loves he absolutely loves this kind of giver he wants a giver that's enthusiastic that's cheerful and all right, I'm preaching. I'm preaching better. I just had to think about that. Maybe we should change how we give. Maybe we should just be dancing before the offering, you know, and just be, be, be cheerful givers. In the Bible, um, at the beginning, there was a story that's told uh, in, in, a, in, a, in Genesis chapter five. Of two sons of Adam. Uh, there was a Cain and Abel, two brothers. Two brothers, the Bible says they, they were leaving, one was doing one kind of job, one was doing another kind of job, and Abel, it says, it says that Abel decided to give an offering to the Lord. And he went to the, to, he went and took his best of, of what he had, he, his fruit, he, get, he got his best fruit, his first fruit, and gave it to the Lord. His brother saw that his, Cain saw that Abel had given an, an offering and he pleased God. Cain did not give because he wanted to give God. He gave because he saw that Abel gave and he pleased the Lord. And the Bible says that God did not accept Cain's offering. But he accepted and he loved Abel's offering. And I thought that story was really interesting. Why would God reject an offering? He just it says he wasn't pleased with the offering. How many know you can fool anyone but you can never fill the Lord? Because he knows the motives of our heart. The Bible says a man look at the outward appearance, but God judges the intentions of the heart. And so, um, again, we need to get our heart right. And begin to say, hey, Lord, you know, I give because I know this is the principle. You know, I give out of a principle. This is what God has said to do. Okay? You're giving out of obedience. Praise the Lord. But giving out of pressure is something entirely different. And you know why how strive, that, that, that's allowed to strive is because of our selfish desires that the giving out of pressure is allowed to thrive. It's because one, sometimes maybe we want to look good, two, because we want gain. And this is where sometimes the gospel and the message of giving and offering sometimes has been abused. That because it's taking care of our selfish desires, it's like, I want to give, 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 so I can get, 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 I want to give, 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 so I can get, get, get. And if you give, 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 you will get, get, get. And if I get, 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 I'm going to be have the best Ferrari in the world. You know, I'm going to be looking good. I'm going to get some respect. It's based on false, um, um, wrong um, priorities. So God wants us to actually have a cheerful heart when we give. It's not so much how much you give, okay, but it's the heart of the giver. Jesus gives an example of people, the collection basket going through the temple. And, 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 and some people were giving a lot of money. And for some reason, Jesus knew how much they were giving. And then he calls out, I don't do this. I don't call out people. I don't call out people, maybe, but Jesus calls. Us, I say, "Hey guys, wait a minute. They we're done praying for the offering." So, that lady sitting right there, stand up. I says, "Here, right here, is a person that's given the most of anybody." Hey, I seen where she lives. There's no way she had given more than. But Jesus saying she gave all that she had. The giving on pressure, I just, this, is, this is something we've got to get sometimes. In the Word, it's not so much what you have. In the, in the world, rather, we look to the wealthy and the riches. And there's a responsibility on that to give. We expect them to give more. But in the Bible, it's not so. There is a responsibility that the Lord puts on those that have more, and we'll talk about that. But really, God is after... There's not like, a, um, well, because you have more, you should give more, uh, dollar wise, I say, you know. Uh, it's expected. It's more like, a <clears throat> how do I say this? Let me give by example. Um, people cheer and rejoice a lot when the wealthy guy comes out. Big girl shows up and says, I'm going to give to this foundation. and Boy, I'm giving $10 million to this foundation. And we're thinking, wow! He gave $10 million. And God says, I'm not necessarily impressed by that. Okay? If the heart was to get that recognition, it really is not an offering to the Lord. If the heart was to get acknowledgment, it really was not worth it to the Lord. It's not an offering that's acceptable to the Lord. Okay, Jesus speaks of this in several different occasions about how we give, especially when we give down. Okay, it says, "Do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, and maybe it's the other way around." Okay. When he says about that, he's actually talking about giving to the poor. We are to give to the poor. We are to give vertically. And we are also to give up. That's generosity. Generosity is not always, I'm going to help you because I'm above you. And uh, uh, and you're less fortunate than I am, so I'm going to help you. Now, God loves that we think about people that are less fortunate than we are, and that we always give towards people that are less fortunate than we are. But that's not to say that we are better than them. If you always are giving downward, you have that mentality of that I'm better than you, and it's not generosity. A generous heart will always give both down, they'll give level, they'll give up. So you see, um, people, when you think about like, uh, say, presidents and heads of states of different countries, when they come together, when they come together, maybe someone visits a country. They always bring a gift, or maybe they come to the company, they always give a gift. Do they give the gift because they need it? They give to honor. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3 says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. We don't give to the Lord because God, the Lord needs our resources. Because God needs our money. God is God. And He can create what He wants. But He teaches us so that we can be more. We give, us, we give, we are exercising. And we're becoming more and more like Christ. Who came down and gave His life. Laid down His life for us. You know what I'm saying? We scatter seed. We plant seeds financially. Keep money in your pocket, if, even if it's a couple bucks, bless somebody. I many? in the age of plastics, sometimes you don't have any cash. I remember sometimes, well, have you ever been in a place where you want to just bless somebody? You know something like, I feel like it. it's like, do you take credit cards? Because <laughs> I have no cash, so sometimes I always try to, to keep a little cash in my pocket so that if I, I'm confronted with an opportunity I want to give and I give, don't all be a person that gives down. This happens so many times in our world and in our culture. I'm speaking from a guy that grew up in Africa, where we should go and help and save Africa all the time. And uh, (laughs) my wife is laughing at me. Because there's so much much, uh, need that we see, even with our Western world. But it's not always always think like, oh, we need to give down, but it's not always the case what's being portrayed because that's just uh, the culture that we live in. We always think, oh, we give down, we give down. Give up out of honor. Give up out of principle. Give level out of principle. Give. Just be a generous person all the way. You don't just give because people are in need. But God is so careful, well, he's so careful when you're giving down, that's when it should be in secret because you don't want to get recognition. This says, the Gentiles... They go out and they give, so every, uh, the, the, the Pharisees, whatever, they give out so that everybody will see to be seen by men. That's why when we, with our mission money, for example, here, we give to people. We help people in need, but you will never hear from the pulpit specific names being said, oh, we help this person get a car. We help this person do this. We help this person. We don't do that. That's the kind of offering we don't announce. Why? It protects the person and it gives God glory. Whether people see it or not, God knows. God knows what we do. And you see, every time that's where the secret giving is, it's when you're giving in the people that have need. It should never be, it should never be advertised, per se. If the motive is, again, to get recognition, that's what God is looking at. What is your motive? You want to get a pat on the back? Hey, Solo, you're such a good, special guy. You give to people. He says, then you got your your reward. But our giving is more powerful than that. Our giving has eternal consequences, but it also has benefits on earth. Amen. So I want to do the last two things here real quick, uh, um, if I could get to it. That uh, we should never put limits on God. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We put limits on God time and time and time again. And that's the message of faith. That's why we ought to have faith all the time. It's because we put limits on God. Not by what we say. We say, I believe God is able. I believe. Do we? And oftentimes, it's easy for people to think that God is able. Yes, I agree with that. But sometimes we don't think that God is able to bless us. Or God wants to bless us. That God wants to actualize what is ability on you. I can tell you time and time again that God is faithful. And God, you can stand on God's word. If you're faithful, God will bless you time and time again. When you stand on His word, I can stand here and start giving story after story after story. I asked one person to give me a story, and I recorded it on video, I think. And I want just see about just a faithfulness and seeing God being faithful. So, do you have that video that we tracked? I want Jasper. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank you. You can never put any limits on God. He's faithful time and time again. I'm standing here. I can give you testimonies like Jasper would. I remember one time um, when we were getting ready to have our first child. Sarah and I um, um, were both working. We didn't think we had a lot of money, but we actually had a lot of money. Two incomes no kids we ate out all the time and we just thought that we didn't have uh, we don't have any money but we had you know we look about it and then but we knew um, uh that she was going to stay at home with the with the baby and then 3 months so we decided well this year we're going to start uh just living on my income and just try to try this thing out and we're going to save all her money we're just going to save our paychecks every and then we'll have some safety you know and she we'll have some time of transition there And then she had hypertension. She had high blood pressure. She gets put on bed rest early. And then she's thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have this baby, and then I'm going to quit. Is that really fair for the doctor's office for me to quit? And You know, it was legal. It was nothing wrong. But we just decided, prayed about, say, hey, let's just pull the plug right now. So now our security, our savings that we thought we'll have to buy a sign, it's kind of basically changed. Now we are bringing a new child into the world more responsibility, and half the income. You know, how many know that that can be a scary thing to do, you know? and But, you know, God used that time, you know? God It was just awesome how God provided. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't, at first, it wasn't, you know? God just started supplying what we needed. We never missed a bill. We never missed anything. We never, we always ate, and, you know, but it caused us to really budget. Man, we were budgeting. We were squeezing every dollar. Their budget was followed to the T. Entertainment money was so little. It's like, but you know, God supplied so wonderfully. You know, you do this thing, you get a, you get even movie and a popcorn, like restaurant gift certificates. they are just coming from everywhere. We even had date nights that we didn't have to pay for that year. But you know, the Lord used that time uh, to change us, to change how we spend. We change how we, you know, and you know, slowly things would happen. I'd get a review. I remember this so, so awesome. I'd get a, I'd get a raise that year. Um. And the raise, like my department head at the time, every raise needed to be approved way up. It raised what my supervisor had said I needed to get. And raised, I got a, a, somewhere in the upper of 15% an increase where I was supposed to get three that same year. And I'm thinking, wow. And then I got, within months, I get another promotion. Like God just started opening different things. And after some time, even it's like you look back and you realize, wow, God has blessed us so much. Where we are making just... On one income, maybe what we were making on two. It didn't happen overnight, but God, you never put limits on God. And actually, stories like that is being faithful and sowing seed consistently. We never once even thought not to give. We gave tithes faithfully, the fast food faithfully. Uh, and we didn't have, we changed our lives. God allowed that time to change our lives. Here's a principle uh, in closing. Many times when we, when we don't see fruits happen, sometimes we forget that when it comes to planting, sowing, and reaping, and all that, you also have to have seasons. There's something called seasons, and there's times and seasons. And sometimes you're in a season of drought, and you don't see the seed, but you still need to be faithful in a season of drought. So in a drought, you don't harvest a lot during a drought season, do you? And the Bible says there's one man called Isaac in the Bible. The Bible says there was a great famine in the land. A great famine in the land. And that year the Lord spoke to Isaac. And God told Isaac to plant. And that year the Bible says he reaped a hundredfold. Now God is also the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the rain. He is the Lord even in dry season. And so never mistake a dry season, a farming season to the Lord not answering. Never mistake that. His principles work time and time again. And every time we're planning and we're sowing seed financially, be a blessing to people. Be faithful in your giving uh, to the kingdom of God. We don't expect to receive, just give. And God time and time again will deliver what He says He will deliver. Amen. Let's stand together and give Him praise. Amen. <laughs> I want to pray for you before we, we dismiss here. I do believe that we're in a very critical season in the body of Christ, especially in this country, that we need to, as the body of Christ, be, stand up and begin to pray for revival. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, here's the thing with God. I was going to say sometimes, He can change the cause and our direction of your life, of a nation in a moment's time. Like you could wake up, you could have been in a very pressing, very difficult moment like today and wake up to a new day of victory. That's God. He does miracles. He does amazing things. He can change things in an instant. And there are times where He wants us to go through the process. What does a farmer do? They plant but they don't expect to harvest that time. They know in due season, if I feed the right things, if I give the ground what the ground needs, if I then in due season, I shall reap. The Bible says, do not get tired. Do not get weary on doing what is good. For in due season, you shall reap a harvest if you do not give up. Just keep going, keep going. So I don't know how, I got what, what situations or what circumstances that God chooses to change instantly and what circumstances He chooses to go through the process. I know when we had our child and God has blessed us, we had seven children. That alone is a miracle because God provides time and time again. We have never lacked. We've had trying times, but we've never lacked. The Lord has always been faithful. I can tell the story that i faithful, faithful, faithful to the end. Okay? And so we determined uh, when, when, we when we were early marriage is that we will never make money be the reason why we decide how many kids we're going to have. That was just, so that's not going to because our God is Jehovah Jireh. If he wants us to have more kids, we'll have more kids and he will provide. And I tell you, listen, time and time again, God showing up in ways that we didn't expect. I'm telling you this to encourage you to trust in the Lord with your finances But be a generous person. Start from where you are. If you have a stock of seed, start planting. If you have a little seed, don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. You sow your seed. You protect your seed. You always protect your seed. And the Bible says, that seed of the Lord is the first one. Don't be like, oh, how much do I have left over? to No, take it from the top, the first fruit of all your income. You honor the Lord with that. And see Him bless your life and bless others through you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you are the God of the harvest. The God of the harvest, oh God. We thank you, Lord. You say that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. That each one should give what he has decided in our hearts to give, not reluctantly, out of necessity. For you love a cheerful giver. I pray right now that you will infuse in our hearts, O God, the joy of giving. The joy of giving, that we shall be a church that is known for generosity, O God. We already are a generous church as it is, Lord. But we ask that you will increase us to a new level of generosity. Let the blessings of the Lord flow with that, O God. Oh, Let us be benefactors of the seeds that we've sown to this city, to this nation, to other countries. And I pray, Lord, of the harvest, that you will bring an increase of righteousness upon us. I pray for individuals right now, standing in your presence, oh God, that have sown for many seasons. You are the God who supplies seed to the sower. The one who provides bread for food. You said you will supply the store of our seed and increase it. And I pray right now that you just begin to dish out your blessing on your people. You know where every person in this place is at, Lord. And I pray that you will reward faithful men and women. You will reward them openly. You will reward them. You said weeping men endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I pray for a dawning of new morning to people's lives, O oh God, as they hear Your word, receive Your word, and purpose in their heart to walk as a people that are generous, that sow seeds. Oh God, everywhere, Lord, I pray right now that there will be a new morning. I just as I'm praying right now, the Holy Spirit is impressing this on me. I feel the word. And that there's somebody here, or some people for that matter, but I feel this word, it might be just for you. And that Lord, you have sown in tears. It has never been easy for you to sow. But nonetheless, you've sown sacrificially. The people around you don't know. Most everybody don't know the sacrifice that you make. And the word that the Lord has given me right now, I just feel by the Holy Spirit, is a word that's found in Psalm 126. It says that those who sow in tears shall reap with joy. And that the Lord has seen your cry, He has seen your tears, He has seen your sacrifices. And joy is coming your way. Joy is coming your way. That those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I feel that's the word of the Lord for somebody right now. I feel the Holy Spirit just giving me that word for you. He's never, never not seen. The sacrifice. The personal sacrifices that you make. He says, I'm well pleased with you, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Lord. God. I want us just worship Him. I just believe that the Lord is doing something. He's working stuff in people's hearts right now. Just speaking to worship Him. I want to take a moment, an hour right now. I feel the Holy Spirit anointing. Healing places, healing people. We worship you, Holy One. We worship you, Holy One. Holy Spirit, give me a word also for somebody. You've been hurt. You've been used. You've been abused. And it's hurting your hurt. And when you hear, even the moment I started speaking about this and I used the word money, you cringed because of what people did to you. The Lord doesn't want you to live that way. Right now, there's an oil of the anointing of the Spirit of God bringing healing into those wounds that have been patched up for so long. Nobody has known this, but you've been struggling with this inside. And right now, God is bringing healing in your life. <laughs> You will walk in health. You will walk in perfect health. You will walk in perfect health emotionally and spiritually about this. The Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Let's just worship. I just feel right now to not even rush anything. The Holy Spirit is in this place doing a work in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Just begin out of your breath there. Just begin to say words Spirit. of exaltation. Words of of our worship words, expressive words of thanksgiving to the Lord. Begin to just open your mouth and just begin to sing a song. Make it a song of your own, a new song. Because I feel the Holy Spirit is just doing a work. Right now, He's moving in this place. We We worship you, Lord. We worship you.